Right, um, so tonight, if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles, I'm going to be preaching out of uh, Luke chapter 14, and I'm going to get through as much of it as I can, but we'll probably stop around verse 26, so, or 24. I titled this message tonight, uh, Dining with Jesus, so as you look in Luke 14, this basically gets into the uh, parable of the the large banquet and stuff like that. So if you've uh, heard that story before of the banquet house and all that, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, but to start with in uh, chapter fourteen, we start with Jesus on the Sabbath with uh, some law leaders and Pharisees, and basically I want to just take you through and paint the picture of what's going on here. So uh, one Sabbath when he went to eat at the house of one of the leading Pharisees, they were watching him closely. So basically Jesus, as we know, went house to house and went to people's houses and ate with them and dined with them, not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles. All throughout the New Testament, it talks about this. So at this point in time, on a Sabbath, he is eating with the Pharisees, one of the leading Pharisees, but they were all watching him closely. Basically, every time that Jesus was around the Pharisees, they're always watching him to either point out something that he's doing that's against the Jewish law and persecuting for it and stuff like that. So on this certain day, they're eating at the house and let's see, four through six, sorry. And let me go on there. But they kept silent, meaning that when Jesus asked them, because there was a man in front, so I skipped over one of my notes, so let me uh, get back up to two here. There in front of him was a man whose body was swollen with fluid, which is a medical condition that this guy suffered from. So Jesus asked the, the guys that was there with him, the law leaders, And he said, in response, Jesus asked the law experts, is it law, lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. He took the man, healed him, and sent him away. And to them he said, which of you whose son or ox falls into a well will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? To this they could find no answer. So that whole first part of chapter 14 is setting up for the parable that he's about to tell the, the Pharisees. So basically, Jesus healing a man on the Sabbath and asking them if it's lawful or not is the way that he knows that they are watching him that do things that, that was against the Jewish law. So with them not saying anything or staying silent, is them not approving that he's doing it on the Sabbath. It's them not saying yes or no because they know in their minds that Jesus was really good at pointing things out as they answered. The Pharisees would answer these questions and then he would point out by scripture or by whichever way that uh, kind of made them look, feel really small because he'd be like, kind of like that there. If if your son or ox falls into a well on the Sabbath, are you going to leave them there until the next day? 
So no, you're going to save them right away. And that's the reason that the Pharisees try to stay silent when Jesus asks them questions is because he kind of turns them back on him, his answers back on them. All right. So he performed the miracle in their presence by healing the man while also teaching them a lesson. In verse 7, he told a parable, I'm going to read verse 7. He told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they could choose the best place for themselves. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, don't recline at the best place because more distinguished person than you may have been invited by your host. The one who invited both of you may come to say to you, give your place to this man, and then in humiliation, you will proceed to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place so that when the other one who invited you comes, he will say to you, friend, move up higher. You will, be, you will then be honored in the presence of the other guests. For everyone who exalts him will be humbled and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So uh, in this teaching right here, in this parable that Jesus is trying to teach, as he says, you want to, if you're invited into a place, you don't want to sit in the place of honor. In those days, the, if you sat in the place of honor, they would ask you to move and it would basically make a fool of yourself because now you got to move to the lowest place after you sat in the place of honor. So even if you are a person of honor, then you should sit in the lower place. And that way you can be asked to move up. So this parable is basically pointing out the humility of being humble and not thinking too much of yourself. And he's teaching this to the Pharisees. So, but first, telling, uh, telling the parables, I want to just get to what exactly a parable is. So as many of us have heard throughout with Jonathan's preaching or other preachers that Jesus used parables a lot in the Bible. He told these stories, uh, and there's actually scripture in here that we're going to go over that actually points to why he used parables. So if you turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. All right, then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the, the sower who went out to sow. He was sowing some seed, fell along the path, and the birds came and ate them up. I'm not going to read that whole parable, but this is where he, in Matthew he mentions a parable. So basically a parable by many interpreters insists they are simple metaphors that teach only one uh, main truth. But Jesus actually answered the disciples himself and gave hit why he uses parables. If you look at chapter 13 verse 10, I'll start there. Then the disciples came up and asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have not been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. Yet, let me start over. He answered them, because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. 
For whoever has more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. For this reason I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. So Jesus is telling his disciples the reason he uses the parables is because as believers, as disciples of his, and us as believers, if you're a believer of of Jesus, then we understand when he says these parables what he means by them. As for the little bit that I read about the sower that goes out and sows seeds and some falls on the path and some falls into fertile ground and stuff like that. We understand that, but a non-believer wouldn't understand it. If we walked out at the work tomorrow and I tried to use the same parable to my soldiers, they probably wouldn't, they'd be like, what is he talking about? So, um, which they do that a lot anyway, but, uh, and I'm used to it by now, I, you know, I get that a lot. But also, <clears throat> I want to point out that it's not just Jesus answering about the parables, he also points out the fact that he is answering prophecy by using parables. So, in Matthew uh, chapter 13, verse 14, it says, Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, you will listen and listen, yet never understand, and you will look and look, yet never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous, their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn back, and I would cure them. So in Isaiah... He prophesied about the one who came, who's coming, the, the Messiah, is going to be using parables because that's the definition that Jesus gave of a parable right there is that he will speak and they won't understand just as we speak to the non-believers until they're saved, they don't understand. And that's the reason it's so important for us as believers to go out and tell our story and to tell what Jesus does for us, what God's done for us in our lives to help a non-believer see through us. So we're basically the parable for that non-believer to see because a lot of people out, especially people I work with, have gone through a lot of things that I've gone through already. So it's easy for them to see, well, if you've gone through that and Jesus saved you, then I should be able to be saved also, which is very true. And that's why they either get into our church or a church near them and be saved. All right, he also uh, taught truths to his disciples that had not previously been understood. If you look at Matthew 13, 34 through 35, it uh, says it again about the prophecy. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables, and he would not speak anything to them without a parable, so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I will declare things kept secret from the foundation of the world, which is a a psalm from Psalm. I got it here in my notes. So Psalm 78 is where that's found. So once again, the the prophecies he's fulfilling by uh, speaking these parables to the unsaved and through his uh, disciples, the saved. And that way he could... uh, 
That way he could teach the truths that had not previously been understood. He can teach them to his disciples so they understand what he's asking them to do. Because as he ascends back into heaven, he tells them, you have to go out and get all nations and baptize them in his name. So uh, these parables, he has to get them to understand. So he spoke in parables to them. Which brings us back to Luke chapter 13. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 14, where our whole message is. So I just... uh, spent all that time explaining to you the parable so I could get into this main parable that I wanted to talk about. So um seemed like a really weird way to go about it, but I thought that it, it fit in well so you understand what a parable is, why Jesus uses them. And I I definitely, I'm not good enough to use a parable. So he, he was the master of parables, I guess, So um, which is the master of everything. But if I tried to speak to Andrew in parables, I... Well, I already get looked at by him like, huh, what are you talking about? So, um, yes. And, uh, but anyway, so back in chapter 14, Luke, the parable of the large banquet, starting with verse 15, if you want to follow along. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of heaven is The kingdom of God is blessed. Then he told him, a man was given a large banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet, he sent his slave to tell those who were invited, come because everybody is now ready. So I'm going to stop right there. That's verse 15 and 16 and just point out something that number one in verse 15. uh, You know, I've been around for a while and when I was in school, which was 20 plus years ago and uh, but you always had these people that, that were like Johnny on the spot. And that's kind of what I picture. I read uh, verse 15 a couple times. And I'm just picturing somebody sitting at the table with Jesus. And he wants to pipe in. He's got to say something because Jesus is talking these things. And he's like, you know, the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God is blessed. Like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, thanks for that. Yeah, I'm Jesus, you know, but uh, so so this guy thought he was going to be smart because he's a fair either one of the law who was eating with, as I said in the beginning. So the law experts are Pharisee. He's one of those two. And he stands up and says this. Well, and Jesus is quick to turn that back on him and say, you know, with the parable, he goes into the parable. But basically what he's telling him is sit down. Uh, you're probably not going to be at my party. So um, that's basically what he's he's pointing out that these this the the law the Jewish laws that that they were following. As he gets into the parable, he points out the reason that he's like, well, that's what you think, but the thing that I'm talking about, you may not even be there. That's what he says in the very next verse that not everybody who thinks they're going to be at his table at this banquet in heaven is going to be there. So, but without exception, they all began. Did I? Oh, I didn't do 17. At the time of the banquet, he sent his slave to tell those who were invited, come because everything is now ready. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. I ask that you excuse me. 
So this first person that was invited to the banquet, the slave comes to him. Hey, everything's ready for you to come. All of a sudden, he's like, I just bought this field. I got to go look at it. And that's pretty weak excuse in my book because who buys a piece of land without going to look at it first? But anyway, apparently he bought a piece of land, but he had to go look at it after he bought it. So that's his excuse. He's not going to be there. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. I ask you to excuse me. So this guy wants to try out his oxen, either plow up the garden or whatever he's going to do. So once again, there's an excuse. He doesn't want to come to the party. And another said, I just got married and therefore I'm unable to come. Enough said there. So he just got married and so he's not able to come to the, the party. So the slave came back and reported these things to his master. Then in anger, the master of the house told the slave, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the city and bring in here the poor, maimed, blind, and lame. So just picture the, the story that Jesus is telling here. Obviously, these ones that are making the excuses are the Pharisees that don't want to accept that he's the Messiah, that he's the one that came, and that he's the master of this party that's inviting them. So they're making excuses why they're not why they can't come sit at these tables. That's why they're all sneaking around, watching him, trying to catch him in stuff so they can turn him in, which ultimately happens, as we know, that he gets turned in and he gets crucified for our sins. So they're making excuses, and that's where he's telling this guy that stood up, like Johnny on the spot, and it's like, you know, uh, all that the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of heaven is, or kingdom of God is blessed, that's... Basically, what he's saying is that you guys are going to make excuses and you're not going to join me at my banquet in heaven. And so who does he send? He sends a slave out to get the lame, the poor, the maimed and the blind and invite them in. And then master, the slave said, what you ordered has been done and there's still room. So this this is a massive banquet that this uh, parable is talking about. So. Once they're there, there's still more room. And the master told the slave, go out again into the highways and the lanes and make them come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will enjoy my banquet. So if you go back to the first teaching on humility that I struggled through to tell you guys that, uh, you know, basically the parable is pointing out exactly what. Jesus was already teaching the, these Pharisees that they made excuses. So now, even if they do show up, the poor, the maimed, the blind, the lame, all them have taken the good seats. They've taken the place of honor. So the ones that were supposed to be honored are now going to be asked to sit in the place of the poor because they made excuses not to come there. And this, the master wants to see that not... Always is the, the honored one's going to be the one sitting it with him at the table in heaven. It's the poor, the everybody else, the ones that they probably looked down on or cross the street if they saw them and stuff like that in those days. So that's what the parable is sitting there saying that, that Jesus is talking about his, his banquet that he's going to have in heaven, his party, basically, 
As I told Andrew that I was going to talk about a party. This is a party that Jesus is going to have in heaven that, that he's invited these people to. And some made excuses and some got invited because the others made excuses. But that's where we come in because we basically are the slave. We're the ones going out on the street. We're the ones going out and telling them, hey, Jesus wants you at his table. Come and sit in the place of honor. Come because Jesus wants you to come. So that's where we come in is as he's commanded us to is to go out into the streets, into the community and and basically explain this to them the best we can and say there's going to be a party in heaven. Jesus wants you there. It's up to them to accept and come because we can't make that decision for them. But at least we can plant that seed and get them in the doors at least. And hopefully that seed will be nurtured or whatever and grow. And they'll become uh, believers as all of us do and sit at the banquet with us in heaven. So I just... Look down at my notes really quick because I write really sloppy. Um, Jesus used this to show that the, the current religious, religious leaders of the Jews were not coming to the banquet. And, um, and basically, he wants us to stop making excuses. So if, you know, a lot of times we talk about going out, as the Great Commission says, and and telling all ye nations and all that stuff, but we make excuses. Well, you know, I work or I'm on the road or, uh, you know, I just don't have enough time in the day or there's all kinds of excuses that get in our way of sharing the gospel, of talking about Jesus. And, uh, you know, some of that is true. I mean, it's um, some places you work, you really can't just openly have a conversation about religion because others get offended. Um, and then in the same sense, they can't have conversations about their religions either. So uh, it goes both ways. But that's, that's really an excuse because if, they're, if you really care about somebody and you want to get them to heaven, you're going to find a way. And it doesn't even have to be at work. Hey, you want to grab a cup of coffee at lunch? And then you're outside of the building and you can talk about Jesus. Um, I'm just picturing where I work as a building. So you actually have to go out the, the security gates and stuff like that. But either way, which don't get me wrong, I'd, I can talk about Jesus where I work. So, uh, But just what I'm saying is you can, if you care enough about it, you'll find a way to get this information to them. Uh, give them the link to the podcast. Give them link to the video or, you know, uh, ask me to give a copy of a sermon and then you can pass it on to them if they're interested in it. Or you can just uh, draw the three circles on a napkin like we just learned about the last six weeks. So, um, but definitely where there's a will, there's a way. And you don't want to be the one found, you know, standing at the gate and being a shoulda, coulda, woulda when you had the chance to minister to these people. So don't, uh, don't miss out on it. And don't miss this invitation either that we're asking, Jesus is asking you to sit at his table. And, um, I, well, I don't know everybody in here personally. I know two really well, but I know you're not Jewish. But basically, we are all the Gentiles. 
unless you were a Jewish, and like I said, I don't know you guys, you might have been, but, uh, you know, we're the Gentiles. We're, we're the ones that are talking about, the, that were looked down upon and all that stuff. So definitely I would like to tell you, don't, don't miss this invitation that he's asking us to sit at the, the table with him in heaven. And stop making the excuses and invite others by sharing your testimony, which is truthfully the way that you can get somebody into these doors is sharing your own testimony and finding a connection with that person. Oh, you served in the military? Yeah, I served in the military. It's like, well, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. It doesn't have to go that quick, but basically you find that connection. And then uh, with your family is the best because they all remember when you were unsaved, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm saved now. And years later, they still don't believe it. But, you know, it's no, truthfully, Jesus saved me and I'm a different person. And, but you have to show it on the outside for everybody to see. And then that's your testimony that you go and tell these people and tell them, hey, this is what's changed in my life and this is why, because of Jesus. So definitely sharing your testimony is part of sharing the, it's just important as sharing the gospel because it humanizes you and it humanizes the Jesus to, to show the love that he's made for us because, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't even have to be a real serious thing that you did in your life, but it shows that, that he had the compassion to die for us and save us for that sin. All right. So that's basically where I'm going to stop with the big, uh, the large banquet parable. And hopefully you guys got something out of it. I know I kind of stumbled through trying to explain what a parable is, but, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of them in here. I'm sure somebody's done some research and knows exactly how many, like 33 maybe. But uh, the def, definitely there's there's something to these parables as you read through them. One of my favorite parts of the Bible is the parable of the lost son because I think that that's a parable of all of us, again, that uh, you know we're all lost and then we came to the Father. But uh, so definitely if you... If you're not reading in the Bible, that might be somewhere you want to start is just look up the parables and start reading through them and then understanding in your head that these parables go a little bit deeper than just a metaphor of seeds being thrown on the ground or a banquet being held and just go through them and, and learn each one of them. <laughs>